Hello and welcome to the Think Share. My name's Zach, here to bring to what I've been thinking about, sharing about, talking about, listening to, reading about that doesn't belong in math class to make you the goodest version of yourself. One of the ideas I was talking about with a friend, I, I met the boyfriend of one of my family members this weekend, and we were both rugby players back in college. Uh, we didn't play on the same team. Uh, we didn't meet each other before then, but we're discussing why rugby is a better sport than football. And one of the things that I think is the misunderstood part, so my my father-in-law said that he played football for his high school and college career, and the moment he stepped onto a rugby pitch or a rugby field, he had this um, experience like, holy crap, like no one's wearing pads and we're going to hammer each other, like this is going to suck. And he said it was pretty much, he stepped on and then stepped off, and that was the only day he ever played rugby. And what I think he didn't realize, and what I think a lot of people don't realize that me and Derek have discovered together, is that rugby is actually a way safer sport than football. Here's why. Despite the fact that there's no pads, one of the things you cannot do in rugby is drop people that aren't looking. Well, I guess you can, but it happens far less frequent. So, for example, in football, a lot of us see a wide receiver going out for a pass, maybe it's 50 yards down the field, and all of a sudden you'll see a free safety or a cornerback come either be chasing with them or coming from another direction. And, you know, you'll see the ball come in to, for them to catch it, and all of a sudden they'll get hammered by the safety or the cornerback. Now, when they get hit really hard, sometimes it's head to head, sometimes it's shoulder pad to head, um, and or helmet to helmet. But you'll see, sort of, an, they have a new rule talking about hitting unprotected receivers. And what happens is you get a ton of these concussions because the defensive person is not getting hurt as much as the offensive person. So what happens is you have these defensive players that have no problem throwing their body weight around and feel none of the impact of it as it happens. So they drop a shoulder pad straight into your head or your helmet and they feel little to no impact at all. And so one of the problems that that creates is you have these extremely hard hits that only one of the two people are feeling. Now in rugby, It doesn't work like that. Because you have no pads, you have no helmet, when you go to tackle somebody, you are getting hit pretty much just as hard as the person that you're tackling. So when you go to actually tackle somebody, you are getting hit pretty hard as well. If you've ever had an opportunity or a moment in life where you've had to tackle somebody, like not including football, like you got a wrap. Right? The, the purpose of tackling somebody is so that they can't get away. And the other interesting thing about rugby is if you hit somebody and they go down, if you didn't wrap up, if you only like knock them down or trip them, they can keep running. So in football, the moment that a knee or an elbow or a shoulder hits the turf, that's a moment when the ball is dead play is over and there's nothing else happening obviously unless there's like a fumble or something but in rugby it keeps going so if a rugby player say they do drop a shoulder into their other person's chest and they fall down 
and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a tough guy. I, I just did that tackle. Nope, you did not just do that tackle because they can now get up and keep running. So the synopsis here is that you can only hit people as hard as you're willing to be hit in rugby versus football. You can hit people much harder than you're willing to feel the impact of. Because of this, we see a lot I mean, I'm not going to say less injuries, but you see different injuries, and I would say people are a lot more um, aware of when they're being unsafe. Now, the dangerous part about rugby is sometimes you do have savages out there that uh, are not afraid at all uh, to get concussions, and they'll just come after you, and they just kind of don't care what it takes. My my friend Derek that that I was speaking with over the weekend, he said his very first rugby game so one of the one of the things in rugby is called a ruck, and what you it's sort of like I describe it as an organized pig pile. So in football, you see a player goes down, and then the ball stops, it's dead, and then they reset, and then you have the center and the guards and the tackles and the defensive linemen all line up on that ball. In rugby, when somebody goes down, what you do is you try to form a ruck, which is the player that got tackled that has the ball, they sort of present it um, back towards their own team. And the goal is for one of their teammates to come. Uh, a ruck is, is created by two players standing over a ball pretty much. So it's sort of like they want to have their team fight for a ball, but it's like they're the center and then the defensive lineman comes up. And there may be no defensive player to, that comes up there, but once you have that... Um, but, but they've just made a tackle, so they're likely to be there. Um, so as uh, when my friend got tackled for the first time, someone kicked him in the head and he had to get stitches. Long story short. So you'll definitely see some different injuries because there's more exposed skin um, and there's still cleats. And uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the hardest thing that a player wears. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't even wear a cup during rugby and it it actually never turned out to be a problem but the uh the most dangerous thing that can happen in a rugby game for the most part is on a kickoff uh in rugby you see a lot more onside kicks so when they go to have those onside kicks if you jump in the air to catch it they cannot hit you till you hit the ground so me being 6'5", the dangerous, well, the advantage I have is I don't necessarily have to jump to outreach a lot of people, but if I do jump, I'm going to be a little bit afraid of getting hit in midair and landing on my head or my neck, um, but that's why they have the sin bin and they have the, um, the penalties, so uh, the sin bin is when you get a red card, um, what happens is the the player similar to soccer like or hockey is there's like a penalty box sort of thing that happens um the player literally has to stand on the opposite end of the field they have to stand under the goal post um for a whole 15 minutes while their team plays without them and this is when there's um either when you're playing sevens which is a seven on seven game or 15 on 15 game so seven on seven game that can be a huge advantage uh when one of the players goes down now this doesn't happen super often um i I think a lot of players don't want to see each other get hurt that much like we like hitting each other we like jarring somebody um but at the same time 
we're not really interested in seeing the other people get injured quite on the same level as you see in football. I think that there's a different kind of culture about rugby than football, which is, um, you know, in college, you would have a rugby match, and then after the rugby match, you'd go and party with the other team, um, you know, share a drink together or something. And you really don't see that in many other sports out there. They, I remember my coach saying that football, actually soccer, is a gentleman's sport played by hooligans, and rugby is a hooligan sport played by gentlemen. Which, I mean, that's just fun to say because it's a nice, catchy, cliche phrase that I can use to downplay other sports besides rugby. But, um, I mean, football, yeah. Uh, soccer is, there's a lot less hitting. Um, you know, you're not it's just a very different sport it's a gentleman's sport and rugby you know you're hitting people you're wrapping people the rucks and those organized pig piles get nasty um and it is a hooligan sport um but i think the interesting second part of that phrase is talking about the type of people that play it and uh you know you, you see some some football players out there soccer players um, you know their their actions are very interesting. Versus, I think because it is a hooligan sport in rugby, you see a lot more people uh, be reasonable and consider like the consequences to their actions. If you lead head first, that you're looking at a serious neck injury or a head injury, and um, you know we're smart enough to think past that sometimes. Sometimes I, I know I was. The worst injury I had was I don't even think I had a sprained ankle. I uh, I think I've, I've twisted some ankles, but that's that's been the majority of my injuries in rugby. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say a little bit about rugby as it's a sport that I've really come to love, um, especially sevens. Uh, there's a lot of running involved. I recommend if you have not played rugby before and you're a big fan of football, I would invite you to join and play rugby as I think... There's, uh, there's some really interesting things that are developed through rugby, and I think there's some different mentalities that I think can really develop a person. Another sort of interesting thing that you wouldn't think much of until you've experienced it, but I would say that rugby players are very comfortable with their sexuality. Here's why. That might have seemed very out of the blue. So in a scrum, uh, so a scrum is where... In, in a 15-on-15 game, you have eight players that um, line up in such a way that all of their shoulders and butts are interlocked. So you got three guys, just try to imagine this, you got three guys standing there at the front, and what, are they, what they're doing is it's almost like they're taking a picture where they got their arms wrapped around each other, but the two bigger guys, your, your um, props, and your middle guy, the hooker, because he's gonna try to hook the ball with his foot. Um, the props take their inside arms that are behind the hooker and they grab the shirt of the hooker. And so he's got this shirt really tightly wrapped around him because the two guys are pulling on it. The idea is to have is, is for them to be very tight. And then from there, you got your locks. Those are your slightly taller guys, not necessarily bigger. And what they're going to do, and just imagine this, so you got three guys standing in the front row, 
second row, and I would say just Google this right now if you're really having a hard time imagining it, and I was a lock, is we take our head and we shove it in between the hips of the two guys in front of us. So you get two gaps. It shouldn't really be gaps, but you gotta make a gap with your head. Um, you get two gaps in between the, the left prop and the left hip of the hooker and the right prop and the right hip of the hooker. And you get those two guys um, are also fairly tightly wrapped. We got one hand on each other's shirt um, trying to, to lock up tight so that we are like one unit together. And so we, we put our heads in between their hips and the thing we do with our other hand is we actually bring our hand up into the sort of crotch area of the prop in front of us and grab that. Um, you know, we're just grabbing their pants. We're not grabbing their actual um, body parts, but we're just trying to grab sort of their, um, uh, I guess you would say the, the, the their waistband or something. Um, so the interesting thing that happens out of that, because, I mean, for, for a man's team, they're it's a bunch of guys getting really close with each other and you you don't see that every day you know you don't you don't see people getting that close and cuddly with each other um in such a high testosterone sport and so i think the interesting thing that happens is a lot of us get really comfortable with being that physically close with each other and I think when you look at football culture and a lot of cultures of other types of sports, you don't see you don't see the kind of comfortable the uh, comfort that players have with you know touching each other and being with each other. I, I will say that you'll see some butt slapping out there on the football field and in other sports, but I think there's just a really interesting bond. Uh, that happens and you know it's not a sexual or romantic bond by any means Uh, it's just a serious level of comfort that that this group of men kind of have together and I think because of that um, and you know it's a like I said a very high testosterone sport you see them be, be very comfortable and I had a really cool group of guys that I was on a team with in college and I I was always really proud that they were comfortable with their sexuality because I think one of the things that scares me a little bit about this kind of I want to call it bro culture is um you know people say the words no homo and people talk uh, because when someone says something like that what that means is they're actually concerned someone thinks they're a homosexual by some action that they just took and so for you to be concerned enough to say no homo um, signifies to me that one, you're not comfortable enough with your sexuality that if someone were to assume that you're homosexual, that that would be a problem. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't care if people think I am homosexual or not. I'm married, I'm straight, and that's not a problem for me. Um, but people that are uncomfortable with it um, really feel the need to point out, oh, oh, that was that was a not homosexual thing that just happened there. And I think that despite hearing a bit of that throughout college, I would say that the amount of um, things that could be misinterpreted as homosexual, that I'll bet there were a ton more on a rugby team than you would see maybe on a football team or a, or a hockey team or something, just because we're, we're so often physically that close together, um, we've gotten used to it. 
And so that's one thing I'm really proud about with my fellow rugby guys. I think we're, I want to say more on like the, the liberal side of, of things. Um, and you just see a really cool, a really cool bond happen between them and a comfort level that you don't see in many sports. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I hope people understood what I was trying to get at here. So I just wanted to present some of the values uh, and really cool things that I think happen in the sport of rugby that you don't see on the football field, you don't see in other sports. And I really recommend people take some advice and some coaching and and inspiration from the Aussies and the the New Zealanders because in in America, or at least in Massachusetts where I grew up, everyone kind of grows up playing soccer. It doesn't really matter what what you're good at. Seems like everyone plays soccer, but apparently out there, everyone plays rugby. And in California, I guess everyone plays volleyball. So there's just some of these sports that like a whole population just plays because that's just one of the sort of cultural social norms out here. So I think that um, rugby is a great sport for people to learn. Uh, I'm going to add in one more thing, and this might be another five, ten minute tangent. So bear with me. But I think it's really important is I think in terms of leadership, in terms of leadership, what I think a good leader does is they lead by example. And they are not always the first to take credit for things. And they're not always going to be the people that get highlighted. Like I would say that Bill Belichick, as I am a New Englander, um, is, a, is a pretty good leader because one, he's he's had some success on the field, but at the same time, I think he is not one of the people that takes credit when his team wins. Um, you know, even Tom Brady does is a really when you hear him in post-game interviews, he does a great job acknowledging his, his fellow teammates, and it's not all about him. And I think a, a lot of the great athletes out there, you'll you'll see some things like that, is they're all very humble. I think that that's what a good leader is. And one of the things I think that's interesting about football is the, the people that you notice, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, some of the defensive players that are that score or cause extra turnovers, they're the ones that are really sort of popular. And in rugby, I think the interesting thing is because of the way that the ball is handled, where you can only pass backwards, so you can't pass forwards, you will see a lot more players touch the ball. So in a 15-on-15 game, you know, 13 out of the 15 players might end up touching that ball. It's not just a one-player-touches-the-ball kind of game. So it really gets... It really gets passed around, which I think is, one, that's pretty cool. Um, two, is that you support each other. So the guy running with the ball is out front. In football, you have blockers. So you have guys that go out there, um, you know, deal with the crap of the defense, and they, they kind of fight them off, and then the running back goes around them. Um, and so they... they get to take advantage of the advantage that their teammate has given them and I think what's interesting in rugby is you have to sort of forge your own path so if you don't get through some of those guys or you're about to get tackled you hand it off to a support member and what that is is when I say support member the way that you want to run with your teammates is say somebody has the ball you want to be right on their hip 
um, you know, depending how fast they're going. If they're going pretty fast, maybe you want to be about 10 feet back or so. But you want to be running right behind them to the left or the to the right. And the idea is if they're about to get tackled, you want to be there for support for them to um, offload. Offload being when you're about to get tackled and you pass the ball to a teammate that is still running full speed right behind you. So as you're getting tackled, you're making a pass so that your team gets to keep moving. So I think what's valuable about that, the idea of support, is that people have to go out there and be the first one in line to, to take a hit. There's no blockers, and you have support staff. You have people that are helping you, that are right behind you there the rest of the way, and they're there to make sure that the team wins. And I think when you have a sport like football where you have a quarterback and you have a wide receiver and there's really no support unless it's like a hook and ladder or an option play, you're always going to have blockers. And I think this idea of having the leader be the first one out there and then they hand it off to somebody if they're about to get in trouble, I think that that's a really cool dynamic that um, it kind of breeds and teaches that if you're going to be a good leader, you got to do it first. You don't have people go do it for you. You don't have blockers out there for you. I'm not sure if I articulated that well, but I hope that some of you understood it. I, I really think it's a cool kind of concept that, that has a parallel metaphor sort of with leadership. So let me know what you think. Leave me, uh, since this is Anchor, why don't you, I'd love to hear some call-ins and have people ask me questions about rugby. You know, it's not, my, it's not my main focus of things that I like to talk about, but, you know, it is something that's close to my heart as I think I grew as a person with the game and I learned a lot about myself and a lot about camaraderie and culture and um, having good teammates, which I played a lot of track and field in high school and that's an individual sport, so you don't necessarily learn a ton about having a team in such an individual sport besides people that that motivate you to get out there and run and and be the best version of yourself the goodest version of yourself so that's uh that's all for today thank you for listening so much again Colin if you have other questions I'd love to answer about rugby I think it's a great sport I'd love to see more people play it I'd love to bring it to the high school that I work at here in Massachusetts and um, there have been a couple actions that I've been taking but at the same time I'm not I'm not really hammering it home. It's not like one of my biggest passions. I get other things that I'm also interested in. So, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing your comments and questions and et cetera. Have a great day. Thank you for listening and stay weird. Yikes.